is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listen in colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. The fantastic sound of Quincy Jones with Soul Bossa Nova. You may recall it from the very famous Austin Powers film as well. Good morning. This is Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is the place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And we do something special. We put business shapers right alongside them. They are the people that are shaping the world of business. And I'm really pleased to say that I have a cracker today called Steve Folwell. He is the co-founder and chief executive of Love Space. Love Space is an incredibly clever business. It doesn't ask you to store huge units of stuff if you want stuff out of your house. It says you can do it box by box. You're going to be hearing lots from Steve very shortly. In addition to hearing from Steve, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea, some words of advice for your business. And then we go to the music, and we've got some brilliant stuff today. Trumpeter Ibrahim Malouf is on the list. Young pianist Joe Alexander, who I love, and this from the one and only Ella Fitzgerald. That was Ella Fitzgerald with It's Only a Paper Moon. Steve Folwell is my business shaper today. As I said earlier, he's the co-founder and CEO of Love Space. It's a brilliant name for a brilliant idea. And basically, they I'm going to well, I'm going to let Steve tell you what it is, and then we'll go back into the, the dark history of this man in front of me. Steve, thank you so much for joining me. What is Love Space? Uh, hi, Elliot. Uh, yeah, Love Space uh, is the UK's first storage by the box company. It's sort of a cardo for Big Yellow. So... Um, if you want anything looked after with your uh, consumer or a business, uh, you just let us know. Uh, we come and pick it up as soon as the next day, look after it in one of our storage facilities, and then uh, you just need to forget about it until you want it back. And you can call back uh, the whole the whole staff for uh, one item at a time to any address in the UK. Um, it, it, it's a ridiculously simple idea, says me, who didn't come up with it. But why? Where did this idea come from? And, I, and we're going to talk about you being a manager consultant, and maybe it's just that you're a beer moth of a brain and you have 4,000 ideas, and this was the one you alighted on. But I suspect it probably wasn't that. Well, I, I did have about 4,000 ideas. When I left my previous job, um, uh, I had a, a list of really quite balmy ideas that I wanted to go and pursue. But then I met two guys. Uh, one uh, is called Brett Acker. Brett uh, founded a business called Streetcar, which he sold to Zipcar. And that was all about making uh, car hire easier and simple and better value. Uh, and one of his investors um, was one of the great uh, entrepreneurs of storage across Europe, a guy called Carl August Ameln from Norway. And they'd just come up with this idea. I wanted to do something uh, new. Uh, their idea was a lot better than mine, frankly. And so uh, I joined them to start it three and a half years ago. 
Now, um, talking about how one looks at ideas, and not all ideas are born equal, as you as you allude to. You did maths at Cambridge. You went into um, McKinsey's uh, management consultancy firm, obviously, and then you've worked in various places, ITV and The Guardian, um, and you've done interesting things because those are very interesting companies. How have you, along the way, decided what 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 would and wouldn't work? I mean, you said you have four thousand ideas. Why was this one? the one that surfaced after all those other ideas, if it wasn't one that came directly or in- sure. inherently from you? Well, in- interestingly, I'd had, I'd had a very similar idea with a friend of mine from ITV about 10 years ago. We looked at people picking up you know, skip waste from outside houses and thought, well, you know, why, why, would, why do you need to throw it away? Why couldn't we come and store it? And this is sort of before really the whole idea of you know, on-demand grocery had come about. It, it really wouldn't have worked back then. So, so I, I had a bit of an um, affinity with the idea already because I, I had looked at it before. Um, this sort of space. But I think it really is, if you can explain it to your kids, your mum, your friends, and it makes intuitive sense, that's a good a good start. Then the other thing that's just brilliant about this uh, as, a, as an area is the market is booming and has been for 20 years. I mean, traditional self-storage is actually quite a young industry uh, globally, and particularly in the UK, only really started in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, and the fundamentals are pretty clear. You know, people uh, are finding it increasingly difficult to find large space to live in. Uh, the idea that you've got an attic to put anything uh, other than your um, yourself in to sleep in is uh, is quite old hat. And so, you know, it's not just that the idea itself makes sense, but the you know, the market opportunity is is really clear. Um, and I guess thirdly, and and this is hugely important, and it's it's why I've joined the companies that um, I have and you know and, and worked so hard in those is that I you know I, I believe in in what we can do as a business to help people. You know, I think uh, it's quite stressful living city lives, and if we can if we can provide something that people really value and our customers you know do seem really to love the service, um, then you know that helps that helps justify me um, spending the hours I do trying to drive the business forward. Stay with me for more from my uh, business shaper today. That's Steve Forward. He's a co-founder and CEO of Love Space, and it's a rather clever idea. Time for some more music. This is the brilliant Ibrahim Malouf with SNCL. Abraham Malouf with the It Won't Go Quietly, I call it the Essential. It's a nice big number. Uh, Steve Fowler is my business shaper here on Jazz Shapers Day, co-founder and CEO of Love Space, as I said. And Steve, we were talking about ideas. Um, I want to talk for a moment about the fact you worked as an employee for many, many years after um, university and in different kinds of places. But essentially, if my maths is roughly right, about 14 years before you went and said, you know what, I'm going to be my own boss. Yeah. That's... Um, I've learned along along this journey uh, of doing this program that there is no one way of doing yeah. things, but that's that's not the most conventional. That's quite a long time to yeah. spend working for someone else. What made you hang on so long? That, yeah, that's a yeah, really interesting question. Uh, and I asked now, now I've done this, I ask myself that a lot. I mean, I had a great time uh, in my career, and I was very lucky to work in some really interesting places uh, and quite fast moving places. You know, I'm not the kind of person who can sort of sit still at a desk doing roughly the same thing for too long. 
I think you're right. I think this is an unconventional way to do it. Most of the people that uh, I know have taken the entrepreneurial route have done it much earlier. And indeed, now there's a real craze, I think, for people leaving university to get straight into being an entrepreneur. So essentially, I've been an entrepreneur in reverse. If you said to me 10 years ago that I'd be spending one day a fortnight driving a van, um, picking things up from my customers, uh, I think I, I'd have, I wouldn't have believed you. And if you'd said how much I was going to enjoy it, I certainly wouldn't have believed you. But you know, for me, that is the lifeblood of what we do now. And actually, I think I found, in a way, I found my calling, um, not only being a van driver, but also you know, running and growing a business um, and building a team uh, you know, quite late on, in a way, in my career. Although I hope that I've got plenty left to go. Mm. You obviously didn't know what you were missing, but what is the light that went on for you in terms of the way you felt? Because obviously, someone like you, who's obviously, is, you know, you studied at Cambridge, you're a yeah. smart guy, you did maths. Maths is very specific, it's pretty logical stuff. The left, big, big part of that rational brain is working hard. This, it strikes me that you've been touched in a different way because it's making you feel great about what you do. Can you try and articulate what that's like? Yeah, no, it's interesting. I, I, um, I remember having sort of a bit of an epiphany when I was at ITV when I realised just how much power, I spent a lot of time in media, just how much power media had to make people feel happy and feel better about themselves. And I suppose that's what you, what you do here as well, Elliot. Uh, but it's quite difficult in media to get that response back from you know, a reader or a listener or a viewer. And one of the great things about Love Space uh, is you know, we hear the whole time from customers. Most of the time, they're really delighted with the service and we get, we get some wonderful things. We get letters about specific employees. You know, a lot of the reviews were five-star reviewed on Trustpilot. You know, they call out specific drivers. You know, and and it's, it's that feeling of doing something that people really value you know, and and is valuable to them because you know it's not it's not a what's it's a very good value service. People do spend a lot of money on storage, so knowing that you can you can do that, you know, make a very decent living out of doing it, but also delight the customer. That's um, you know that's that immediate feedback is probably the thing that I've enjoyed most about being an entrepreneur. Really good answer, very interesting. So shout out to Steve Folwell, the driver today, for giving <laughs> me a great service. Stay with me for much more from my business shaper. Before we come back to him, though, Ladies Travel is going to come up in a couple of minutes. And before that, some words of wisdom for your business from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. I'm Emma Walcott. I'm an associate in the reputation protection team at Mishkondorea, part of the private uh, department. Businesses of all sizes need to be very careful about how they and their employees engage on social media. We advise all businesses to have a robust social media policy so that staff are aware what they can and cannot say on social media, either for business use or in their own time. Staff need to be well aware that what they say on social media, um, even on the weekends and in their own name, can have a very um, severe adverse impact on the business's brand and that may have um, ramifications for their employment. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. This is Jazz Shapers here on Jazz FM, and I do hope you're enjoying the programme today. Um, if you have missed any of the previous shows, and there are lots of them, then just go to iTunes, put in the words Jazz and Shapers, and all being well, um, lots will pop up. Lots of brilliant guests from the past telling you, um, giving you insights about what makes them who they are. Steve Folwell is telling me what makes him who he is today. He's the co-founder and CEO of Love Space. They're the storage business, the very clever one, which is offering you and me the opportunity to box-by-box store our stuff and even send it anywhere we want in terms of the initial part of the business when it came together you said it's been about three about yeah. three years and you mentioned brett um and there was a, a another part Carl, yeah Carl as well 
how did that dynamic work? Did you know Brett, or was it because you? I mean, how were you introduced? I was to him? introduced via a um, via, via a mutual sort of uh, acquaintance, um, a guy called Peter Jackson, who's now become an investor and a customer of ours, uh, who used to run Travelex. And I said to Peter, I said, look, I'm, I'm uh, thinking about starting my own thing. And he, he'd been approached uh, to see if he knew anyone who would be interested in, in talking to Brett about, about Love Space. And Brett and I hit it off, you know, really quickly. I mean, he's a, he's a great guy, lovely guy, very, very sort of generous, despite his um, you know, huge experience as an entrepreneur, which obviously I didn't have, as, as we discussed, uh, you know, a mo- moments ago. But, you know, very, uh, very practical person. And you know, very, as I say, sort of generous in in letting me help shape the you know the business and the brand that exists today, because that that's the sort of that was where my expertise lay really was in sort of brand and digital marketing. Well, that's you know. what I was going to ask. Do you quickly identify who can do what in yeah. this small team? Yeah, exactly. That's right. And then you've got to build. You know, you still got lots of gaps. <laughs> you need to go and find people who uh, can come in and uh, work with you. Uh, and in many ways, that's that, that's been the most enjoyable part uh, of Love Space is just sort of seeing a team flourish around you of sort of thirty to fifty people that you otherwise would never have met, and you know, obviously become you know great friends over over the period that you worked together. People always talk about the importance of culture. I find that mm. kind of amusing because then I say, okay, mm. well, then describe the culture, and then yeah. everyone goes, well, you know, nice person, yeah. all that. Yeah. For you, yeah, what is what is the culture? What's the essence of the kind of person you want to get inside the Love Space team? Uh, I think they most people, you know, they have got to leave your ego at the door a little bit because um, uh, your obsession has got to be in with doing the right thing for the customer, um, and you're looking after people's things at the end of the day. So you know whether that is clothes and books, which is you know, majority of what we still quite a lot of you know uh, CDs and DVDs as as well. That would be sort of the the base stuff. But you've also got people's very precious memories, memorabilia, lots of stuff with you know real emotional heft and value. And so, you know, we need to make sure that as a team we respect that and, you know, really believe in doing the right thing. And I think that that's probably and I, I hate the world word culture as well. I we we don't actually write it down particularly, but we do we do talk about the kind of things that unite us and you know th- those sort of ideas of being uh, reliable, um, being the customer's being the customer's friend, you know, always trying each day to make the business a bit better than it was the day before. Um, those are the kind of people that we are. I mean, I, I think cu- culture is a very funny thing in um, in relation to a lot of startups and digital businesses. People keep trying to talk to me about you know, you know Google's culture or Facebook's culture and how, why, why that makes them so successful. Um, but of course, they were successful for very other reasons than the culture. You know, a great algorithm in uh, in one place, and you know Zuckerberg and what he did with with uh, Facebook and his coding up front. So I think we can over obsess a little bit about culture. Um, in a way, you, it's a bit of magic that you can't you can't write down. You can't mm. you can't um, you can't really teach it. It just sort of emerges. And one mustn't forget the fact that if the product's rubbish, then you probably doesn't. It doesn't really matter what the culture is. Yeah, you'll have a culture then, but probably not the kind that you want to build. <laughs> Stay with me for more from my business show today at Steve Folwell. Time for some more music. This is Till Brunner. He's German. I hope I said it correctly. And the name of this is Her Smile. And it's lovely. Oh, she could melt away the winter with her smile. She chases that time into day And all she has to do is turn and look my way I love her walk, I love her style 
That was Till Brunner with her smile. Steve Fowler is my business shaper today, co-founder and CEO of Love Space. Love Space, make sure that your stuff is stored safely, is protected until you want to pick it up again or get it delivered again rather. And even if it's not to you, you can get it delivered somewhere else. I'm assuming you may want to pick it up again, but uh, maybe you want to send it to your auntie in Inverness. Who knows? But Steve and his team can do it. We were talking about the misnomer of culture in a way and the and that dissonance between culture and product. Now, you have a great product now which is it's we, we pick it up we we store it you want it out you can get it sounds simple but um obviously um the l word the logistics word is now going to come in how have you got if you're the brand guy who how have you all got your head around the importance of really nailing that set of logistics which i've just kind of skirted over very yeah very glossily yeah i mean it's 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 the biggest challenge clearly we we promise that if you uh, make a booking you know, for us to pick up anything as small as a you know, s- small bag all the way through to a armchair uh, across the UK, we can go and do that the next day, give you one hour slot for picking it up. Um, and uh, that feels really clever for the customer, and it has to be very clever from our end as well because it's, it's, not, it's not simple, particularly when you've got a small team. We're only 30 um, you know, full-time staff, uh, mostly based in London. Uh, so the way we do it is... And we invest a lot in technology, um, technology so that the customers can uh, make a booking very easily, uh, take pictures of what's in each box, inform us what we're picking up, so we know in advance. Um, we'll have a uh, app out uh, in the next few weeks that will allow customers to you know, track their driver. That makes things a lot easier uh, when it comes to pickup as well. And then we uh, we've got a brilliant logistics team led by a guy who uh, did a, a tour of. Iraq, uh, spent a lot of time in the army and you know knows his onions um, called Mitch and he's got a he's got a, a fantastic uh, team working for him and then we work with terrific partners across the UK so uh, to help us pick up in areas where we don't have our own vans and that allows us to offer you know the same service everywhere mm. um, and you know and do that in a way that's economical for us as we grow now literally that's a lot of moving pieces I mean yeah. just what you've mapped out in terms of how you lead an operation like that if you just think about your own style yeah. how, how do people in your team describe describe you because you, you're you, you come from a very robust background of analysis and of coming to conclusions which you hope will be both intelligent and practical yeah what what are the adjectives do you think they they, they use to describe you when, uh, when they're being polite Steve, when they're when they're obviously. being yeah uh the ones that they would probably or at least i could repeat on air i think they'd say i'm quite you know i can be quite impatient um you know i i i i believe that you build a business on the basis of all the screw-ups that you make over the time um but you i mean as, as people say you don't want to make the same mistake twice and i don't like making the same mistake twice if we make it once that's great because it means that we have a better better business after that so i you know i can be i can be impatient if we're not doing that i'd like to think they they know that i understand uh, what it takes to do each of the jobs because i try and do that so i do spend time in the warehouse i do spend a lot of time talking to customers out on the road using the technology because i think if you get the if you get the tech tech right for a business like this that's what means that you can build a really big business over time and it's the bit that's so difficult to copy for anyone else coming into the market so yeah i think impatience you know trying trying to trying to do do it as well as talk about it and then i I hope also uh they think that you know i've got a vision for where we want to take the business over the next three to five years um because a lot of them are you know signed up with sweat blood and tears because they're because they believe they're part of something that's going to be a lot bigger 
Stay with me for my final chat with Steve. Plus, we'll be playing a track from the young and brilliant pianist Joey Alexander. That's after the latest Traffic and Travel. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was the brilliantly talented Joey Alexander with I Mean You. He was 11 when he performed that. It was off his first album. He's now 13, just for the record, in case you want to know and track this man as he gets older, which inevitably he will. He'll still have been a child genius. So. Um, Steve Fall was my business shaper just for a few more minutes. He's the co-founder and CEO of Love Space, and we've been talking about leadership, and we've been talking about um, ideas and delivering logistics and so on and so forth. I want to talk about money for a minute. Um, obviously, your business, you've, you've gone and raised a bunch. You've got investors. You've used crowd Cube and um, we've had the founder of Crowdcube on, Luke Lang. Um, tell me about, firstly, what it's been like to actually go through that process of raising money and really needing it. And then secondly, I want to talk to you about your own version of how, how much is enough for you as an entrepreneur. Well, I've loved, I've loved actually the, the fundraising, but I didn't, I've obviously never had to do it before really in a corporate environment. In fact, in many ways, I've been sitting on the other side, investing money into businesses. And the reason I've enjoyed it is it gives you a great opportunity to go out and talk about the stuff you'd doing well with people who you know by and large really want to support um businesses like ours and there's a very healthy mix of uh institutions you know businesses and individuals um who are looking to invest in you know good proper startup businesses uh in the uk uh we've got about actually 500 investors now many of them with the crowd but but the majority of the money has come from People who we know personally, you know, I spend time on the phone um, or, you know, go around for coffees to have a chat with them. And they, they act almost as a an army on our behalf um, who represented the company, uh, getting us customers, introducing us to partners. And then when we do that next rate, uh, round of fundraising, just being available um, as and when as and when we need to go out to them. Um, so it's been a, yeah, it's been a really good experience. Uh, in terms of your own time, because as you mm. were talking, I was just thinking, oh, it's a lot of time. That's pretty time intensive stuff. Yeah. basically ensuring that your investors yeah. are your advocates, yeah. ensuring your investors know what you're up to, yeah. and so on. You've also talked about the man with the van, and you're wearing yeah. a fabulous yeah. T-shirt, which I love, and I, I'm going to get one. <laughs> um, and, and you've also talked about stepping into the shoes of the people that work yeah. for you and running that business. I mean, these are a lot of things to be doing, Steve. Is it just you love it and you don't think about it, or do you find that challenging? Yeah, it is. Challenging. Challenging. I mean, it's, it's just a lot of time, really. Uh, you you prioritise on the basis of what needs to get done. Um, so you can always do it all because there's always three things that are at the top of the list. I mean, there are days when you think, God, how am I going to you know wake up tomorrow and get all this done? But you just need to convince yourself to go to sleep, and in the morning, you know, you'll find a way, and you and you, and you always do. And if you've got a good team around you, um, you know, nothing is impossible. Now, over a few mountain ranges, there's going to be some kind of moment to sell, perhaps, or more investment. Does money drive you in in a, in, a, in an existential way, in a kind of big and deep way, or is it more, you know, what I'll see what will happen and then we'll go, or is there a number in your head? Are you that focused? No, I, I'm, I'm certainly not that focused. I mean, I think it, I think probably over time, as you get more into your 
your business and you understand the, the possibilities of it, then of course you, you start to think about the value in the business because you, ha- you have to for yourself, but you also have to for your team who are co-investors and also your investors. So yeah, more so over time. When you start, you just want to build something that works. You know, you don't, you don't even really think about it. I mean, you go out with investment plans which have numbers in that you know, we'll, you know every business always looks very impressive before it's got a customer. Um, but really, it's all about just you know going to get those first hundred customers and doing as good a job as possible. Now we have to think more cleverly around what we do with the business, and that isn't necessarily to sell the business at all. You know, it could, as you say, be further investment. We're not v- very far away from making some you know good money through the business itself. So, you know, we can. It's, it's really it's really where we should focus. Well, you sound like you've got your feet on the ground, and it's probably right because if you start about thinking about where it's going to end up, you won't. You probably won't get there. And it sounds like all these things in front of you are good problems to have either the problems that are associated with growth and with something that's working so it's it's been brilliant uh, hearing all about that Steve thank you for your time Um, before I let you go and rush off and go and do more deliveries um, (laughs) what's your song choice and why have you chosen it I've chosen a song by uh, us three called um, uh, Cantaloupe uh, open brackets flip fantasia uh, close brackets such a mathematician Uh, to the last exactly it was the first uh, it was on the on the first um, uh, album I bought when I got a new ghetto blaster when I was seven and as as my wife has uh, uh, reminded me this morning, it was also on um, on the mixtape that I gave her um, when we just started going out. So for all those reasons, I think it's an appropriate choice. Fantastic. Here it is just for you. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we have something special down here at Birdland this evening. A recording for Blue Note Records. That was Cantaloupe, Flip Fantasia by Us Three on Blue Note, the song choice of my business shaper today, Steve Folwell. He moved from being an employee to an employer because he wanted to feel the happiness of his customers literally face-to-face, and he's got that in his business. Someone that understands how important it is to be in the shoes of the people that work for you, and I think that's what he said, which really struck me about how he manages his team and all the things that they do. And understands also the importance of knowing where the business is going, of having a vision and of following the vision to make sure that everyone behind you is also going to follow. Really, really good stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's 9am next Saturday here on Jazz FM for another edition of Jazz Shapers. In the meantime, stay with us because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal. <laughs>